Hello, Mustang fans, and welcome to another Ford Performance Edition of the Mustang Owners Podcast. I'm your host, John Clore. You know, for my years with AutoWeek Magazine, the Ford Special Vehicle Team, Ford Racing, and now Ford Performance, I've always known that everyone has a Mustang story. So to that end, I hope you're reading my efforts to tell your story in the enthusiast section of FordPerformance.com, as well as keeping up with the latest happenings in the Mustang hobby by checking out FordPerformanceClubConnect.com every week. My co-host is a Mustang hobby and industry insider who is perhaps best known as the longtime president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, or Moxham, one of the largest and most active Mustang clubs on the continent, plus who also heads up Boxham for you Bronco owners, as well as being the new leader behind the International Council of Mustang Clubs. Of course, I could only be talking about my good friend Mike Ray. Mike, tonight... We've got some seriously good information for Mustang people who happen to live when it's a little cool outside. Yeah. Uh, it's that time of year. It's coming and approaching very, very fast. Too fast. Yeah. Too, too fast. I'm not ready for it, Mike. Bring back car show season. That's right. What's wrong with us? Well, what's wrong with us, ladies and gentlemen, is that uh, when the cold winds of November come blowing, no, I'm not going to sing the song of the Edmund Fitzgerald. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> What's going to happen when the cold winds of November blow is a lot of us, if we haven't already, start thinking, boy, I got to put the Mustang away, put it away for the winter, because most of us uh, that live in a cold weather state don't want to drive these babies out in the cold or in the snow or in the rain, and we kind of let them hibernate for a while, even though horses don't really hibernate. Uh, We put them away for a while, and Mike, so many people have asked us, well, hey, uh, what's the right way to put away? How do we do this? So. I think it's time for the Mustang Owners Podcast to share with everybody out there tonight our best bets on how to store your Mustang for the winter. And if you don't store them, let's cause that conversation for those of you who get to drive it all year long so that we can, you know, be angry when you send in your story to clubhub at Ford.com and say, hey, I don't have that problem because I drive 12 months out of the year. We'll share that story as well. Right, Mike? Yeah. There's actually more people than you know that actually do ride them all year long. And it's it's kind of shocking. Um, since we're all used to that, but I hear it more and more every day, uh, people getting all season tires on their Mustangs. Well, that's true. And, you know, um, I'll admit it right now, back when I was a punk, um, I bought my new 1978 Mustang II Cobra II uh, V8 four-speed T-top. Uh, that was the only new car I had, and I had to drive it to work, and I drove in Detroit, Detroit winners for 20 years, put 135,000 miles on that car. Um, so that's why it's been three years in metal repair. No, <laughs> that's why I'm, I mean, no, but, but I did drive my, my prize, my first new Mustang, uh, throughout most of its driving life. And so, uh, I wasn't lucky enough to have a second beater that I could drive around and store my Mustang. So Mike, um, you know, I've read the Haggerty note out there and, um, they have a lot of good tips, but I think we should lean on one of our friends uh, who happens to be on the board of directors of the Mid-Michigan Mustang Club, a guy named Tom Welsh, who sent out a supplement to his club about how do you take care of your car during the winter. I, don't you think we should give Tom a little nod on this? Maybe even... Absolutely. Yeah, have him... Have him uh, I think it was a great idea doing a supplement to tell people, hey, um, let's go out and uh, do this the right way. So 
uh, we're going to go ahead and go through Tom's ideas and share with everybody out there some of ours and see if we're right, wrong, or you tell us, ladies and gentlemen, if, if we're doing the right thing by giving you this information or not. So, so Mike, let's start off the right thing. The number one thing he talks about, and by the way, Mike, um, I think you were there, or were you there when Tom Welsh uh, of the Mid-Michigan Mustang Club was inducted into the Halderman Museum Mustang Club Member Hall of Fame? No, I was not in attendance, but very, very proud of him and a uh, long, long time friend of Tom's. Um, since he was first um, involved, I think, on the board of uh, MidMichigan, I got to meet him and we became very close over the years and still remain so to this day. Yeah, he's on it all the time and congratulations to him on that. And uh, I think this, I think I remember, Mike, the very first person ever to be inducted in that Hall of Fame was some guy that Gail Halderman himself wanted to be in there. Some guy, do you know, I don't know if you happen to know this guy. His name is um, Mike Ray. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, man, what an honor that is. I mean, it doesn't really get any better than that, especially coming from Gail. That's there's no higher honor to me because I mean, you know, he, it with like you always say, if it wasn't for him, we'd be looking at a bunch of turds sitting in a parking lot. Right. <laughs> Who knows? So, all right. So, folks, um, we'll go through Tom's list and let's see if you agree with us. If you do or don't, or have other ideas, you can send them to us at. Uh, clubhub at ford.com just uh, say uh, mustang owners podcast and give us your comments or ideas as well so well, the first thing tom talks about is that um, to check the fluids on your car before you put it away he even says to consider an oil change and filter change if you haven't done it recently now mike that kind of to me was counterintuitive you know you're thinking don't i change the oil in the summer or when in the spring when i get the car out yeah but most people do i think yeah but but he he thinks it's, um, and, and a lot of experts agree, change your fluids before you put it away because it could have contaminants in it that you weren't aware of. And, of course, <laughs> and at least in Michigan, you got to check your antifreeze. You know, I've heard of uh, people both doing both, though, John. They change it before they put it away, and then they'll still change it again right before they start driving it for the year. Wow. Yeah, that's... I've heard of a few people that did that, yeah. Wow, that's great. I would... I can't find FL1 oil filters then. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, FL1A. So, okay, so oil change, yeah, okay. And then you got to uh, check your antifreeze. He also suggests checking the brake fluid. And a lot of you guys with older Mustangs, you know, a lot of people don't even look at the brake fluid. Um, but if it's old and black and dark, that's not a good sign. You should always check your brake fluids, especially on the earlier cars. You know, they, it doesn't need to be changed every two, three years, but it does need to be looked at and make sure that it's it's still good. Because once it gets contaminated, you're not helping out your brake system. So I, I get that. And now then comes the idea of topping off the fuel tank. I know guys, Mike, that used to tell me, oh, no, oh, no, completely drain your fuel tank. Like you do your lawnmower, run all the gas out of it, and then you won't have any problem. Because, you know, ethanol fuels, uh, they'll, they'll destroy all the rubber and everything in your gas tank. And so I've heard them both. You know, and what about stabilizer, John? Well, there you go. So now there are, uh, what's that, uh, stable? Yep. They don't spell it right, but it's stable. And you <laughs> pour that, they pour that in your tank. And and supposedly, it, it's like putting in dry gas. It does um, soak up some of the water that does separate when it sits for a long time. So the water will separate and settle in the bottom of the tank where the pickup is located. So when you go to start it... Uh, uh, you know, you're driving on water. And last thing I heard, Mike, Mustangs don't like to run well on water. <laughs> no, they do not. They're not fond of it. Um, so uh, apparently these uh, these additives can, you know, uh, disperse 
these stabilizers, the, the lower the, f- the fuel, the gas's ability to absorb the, the water and keep it from separating. So that's good. Also, there are uh, additives in there, Mike, I think, that uh, keep it from uh, um, creating rust in the gas tank, which is the number one problem, the storing old fuel in your gas tank. When rust forms in there and then gets down into the sock or the pickup and then gets into your fuel filter, bad things happen. So, yeah, that's – so I say what I do, Mike, is I fill mine up. I put in uh, stabilizer, uh, and I just said, you know, I do I do a long drive, get it all warmed up, top it off, and then put stabilizer. But, yep. you know, so, but, you know, there a lot of people, and, and I know Tom warned about this too, that stabilizers do lower your octane. So if you got like a 93 octane tune, and then you um, you take it uh, hard drive, Getting those the stable don't be driving all that stabilizer. It does lower the tuning. You could hurt your engine because of that. So yeah, or throw a code or whatever. Yeah, right. Throw a code and yeah. So the you guys with the ninety three octane tunes like I do in my 06. Oh man, why did I do that? You know how much premium, <laughs> you know how much premium fuel is now, Mike. Yeah, I could, yeah. It's like a bottle of Jack. Anyway, <laughs> um, so. Uh, there's there's a good YouTube video he says on the Hagerty.com website about uh, the whole stabilizer thing about does it hurt your car. So for those of you who want to check that out, uh, you can go ahead and do that. Or you can try to find the non-ethanol fuel. I don't know if that's in your uh, – Mike, do you have a, a gas station around your place that sells non-ethanol? I don't think so. Not around here anymore. Yeah. It's harder and harder to find. I know in the rural communities they have a little bit more because they – the, the farmers don't like to use them in their equipment. But anyway, so... Yeah, I'll bog, that, I think Milan Dragway, there's some. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so the second thing that Tom Welsh uh, says we should do is to clean your car. Now, I, that's right. Clean it before you put it away. You're not going to drive it, and it could get dusty all winter, but he wants you to clean it thoroughly inside and out, including the engine compartment, the best you can. To use like a waterless cleaner and get all the dirt out of it. And if you do wash your car... Uh, you don't do a lot of water on it. Maybe uh, like a, a, a two bucket, two mitt processor. Just soap it up, clean it, get an air blower, blow all the water off. But you don't want water to be sitting in cracks and then parking it because that's bad. Because once it does that, it sits there. Uh, and also, he says it wouldn't be a bad time to wax your car. Of course, right now, uh, when it's in the 40s, wax and me don't get along. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. Wax, wax likes 80 degrees. I did a lot of work when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would wax it and put it away, put the cover on it. Then I was appalled to see when I took the cover off the car that the cover dust got all over the car anyway. Uh, but that's not bad advice. Clean your car before you're putting it away, and that, that'll that'll really help you spot problems. Just make sure it's dry. So that's yeah. probably good advice. Now, the other thing, Mike, is something you and I – you know what? You know, when, when daylight saving time comes, which is coming around the beginning of November – you know this what weekend, that, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's, it's coming up this weekend, so now they yeah. know we're recording this. Um, it also means one other thing that everybody knows. Oh, they said, oh, I know, John. It's you got to change the battery in your smoke detector. No. No, know what it is? It's you get that little warning light that comes up that your, temp, your, your TPS sensor goes off, 
because all your tires are low some morning because it got to be 30 degrees. Yeah. Right? Yep. Severe temperature changes will cause your low pressure warning light to go on. And, you know, that's always a sign that cold is here, winter's coming. But definitely you want to air up your tires before you, you store that because, you know, over six months or four months, however long you storm, you're going to lose tire pressure. That's the way it goes. Now, yep. the question is, flat spotting. Do you uh, recommend putting your car up on jack stands to take the pressure off the tires? Uh, maybe they got the wheel dollies now as well, though. Yeah, that's right. They're rounded, so you don't get the I – mean, a lot of people say lowering the whole suspension is not good for the suspension, uh, but maybe older cars with bias supply tires, you're better off raising and getting it up on jack stands. I don't know on this one, Mike. I – I don't. Um, I do um, have some older tires on my 78 Mustang, and I do sense that there is a flat spotting in the spring when I drive around, but it goes away after you drive a couple hundred miles an hour. Yeah, my dad used to use the wheel dollies, but uh, I'm like you, John. I do not. Okay, well, that's, you know, it's, folks, a lot of people uh, disagree on that one, but I do not. Um, I do air them up, but I do not put them up on jack stands. Um, then the fourth thing, of course, is the number one for everybody we know is your battery. You've got to keep it charged. Now, a lot of people, oh, I'll just go out to the garage and start the car every couple of weeks. Maybe even let it run for 15 or 20 minutes. But a lot of people can't do that because starting it, letting it run and turning it off in the, in the dead of winter when you can't really get the car rolling or, or get the fluids warmed up is not a great idea. So, Maybe you take the battery out, you bring it in the house, you put it on a board, you keep it on a trickle charger. Or a lot of people might just raise the hood and buy a trickle charger, that a float charger that has a chip in it that knows when the battery gets low, it th throws a small charge in it. And when it gets uh, fine, it turns off. Yep. And you know, a lot of people also, John, take the battery out and put it on a on their workbench on the trickle charger out there outside of the car. Yeah, I mean, because you know, the last thing you want is any battery issues in the inside your car, right? Um, but you, you got to have it maintained, but you can't overcharge it. So, right. and it's the, my only advice is to get yourself if you're going to do a battery tender. I know Karen Halderman at the Halderman Museum had a battery tender on a car, and battery went dead, and couldn't figure it out, and they said, "Well, the battery tender had a short in it, and it dis discharged the battery till it till it killed the cell." That's the yep. first time I ever heard that. And I, I have heard of a horror story before of someone using a trickle charger and something happened and um, it is short or something and the car caught on fire. Uh, which is another issue. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a yeah. big Hopefully. issue. <laughs> no, wonder, no wonder this is sponsored by Haggerty Insurance. <laughs> that's a terrible thing, Mike. How dare you say that? <laughs> You've got a dark sense of humor. Anyway, um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so that's, again, a lot of people have their favorite method, taking the battery out and, you know, putting on a board on your, you know, then again, if you want to, you know, you, batteries do explode if they're overcharged. So, you know, take great care and coming up with the right way to store your battery. A lot of it depends on how cold it gets. If you don't start your car at all for six months, you know, it's definitely an idea to keep it on a charger. So the other thing is a lot of people do is they say when they pull it in the garage or they don't want it to roll, so they put on the parking brake. What do you think of that, Mike? Yeah, I, you know, it depends. It, I don't know. That That's iffy, too, because, you know, is someone going to be in there? Are they going to knock up against it? Is the car going to roll? You know, things yeah. like that. If you're not, it's not going to be, no one's going to be entering it or be around it. You know, I don't see an issue with yeah. that. Using the I, don't, I don't mind putting, I think chalks, wheel chalks are a good idea. 
Uh, Tom doesn't recommend using the parking brake because he says, you know, since that's normally a mechanical thing, if you pull that brake and you leave it, it could rust in a spot or, and, and then stick. And nobody yeah, gets stuck. Yeah, that, that has happened too. Yeah, that's the worst thing, you know. And I was going to say it was the worst thing, Mike, but let's face it. You and I both know because we're Michigan boys. The worst of all the things that could ever happen to your Mustang in storage is not any of the above. It's mice. Yeah. Now I've seen. Oh, you got to put a bar of uh, soap in your car. Oh, use bounce sheets. Uh, when I used bounce sheets in my car one year, the the mice loved it. They ate those. I think they, <laughs> they thought they were delicious. <laughs> so I don't know if that ever worked. But they said, "Oh, oh, did they did they crawl up your tailpipe and stuff?" You? No, no, I don't no. Know. Do you want to put caps on your tailpipe? I mean, a lot of people do think they should, you know, put a, a piece of steel wool in there to keep the rodents from climbing up your tailpipe. My only problem is engine. Yeah, don't be like uh, in the spring, forget you got steel wool in your tailpipe. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. No, uh, usually they enter in the engine is from my experience. Yeah. They get in the engine and they eat the wiring. Yeah. Late model cars are more prone to this because then uh, in the in an effort to, you know, make our environment better, we are now using wire uh, blooms that are made out of soybeans instead of made yep. out of oil. And so, boy, do the mice like your soybeans. So if you have that Honda soybean wiring harness and they ate it, there's $1,000 out the door. Yeah. Um, if you can, yeah. So it's, it's a problem. It is a problem. So um, what you want to do is really you want to make sure that your car is – stored uh, away from, you know, in the, at a dirt barn uh, where you're on a dirt floor where rodents can get in and out. Um, he recommends if you're going to be on a dirt floor to park your car over plastic. It better is still, you'd even if you have it on a, a gravel floor in, a, in a, a pole barn, put plastic underneath it. And also, if you're lucky enough to have a pole barn with a cement floor, um, well, then you're, you're, you're way ahead of the rest of us. But What about really, those cars with the bubbles, John? They put them in the bubbles now. You know, I've seen those. I've yeah. seen those, and I do, you know, I would say to you, if you can afford that, that's cool, because that, that also controls moisture, and a lot of people then can vent their interior. It allows the, you know, so you don't get, uh, if your windows are closed tight, you don't get mold or mildew. A lot of people say, oh, put mothballs in there. Have you ever been in a Mustang that had mothballs in the interior in the spring? No, I you don't don't because don't, don't. <laughs> it it smells just as good as your grandmother's closet, which is not a good, <laughs> no. I would say it's don't ever do that. And and I think uh, Tom said the same thing. Um, you don't want you don't want that. Um, but base basically, there are a couple of uh, peppermint oils um, do work. They do sell these little bags of of scented peppermint you can put in your car. They hate. Uh, peppermint so that's one thing to put in your car but that yeah that's one way to get it out of there anyway when you do find a good spot i you know garages are great you don't want to be in a garage where your kids are throwing in their their uh, snowmobile parts or you're coming in out with a snow thrower because you do bang up your car so if you're able if you you be able to get it out and get it stored somewhere good for you but if you don't you might want to put like a pool noodle around it or a cover to keep from getting banged into and and mike um tom welsh does recommend at least a an inexpensive cover and by inexpensive, what are those things, Mike? What a $50 now? Yeah. You can, you can get a, a less expensive one for around $50 and upwards to three or 400, depending on what you want. Yeah. I mean, there are some I've seen for $300 and some of them are foam. I know uh, Angie and Steve Caesar 
uh, and someone told them to put some plastic over their car. Well, it rained, and the plastic's the wrong thing to put on your paint. It didn't breathe, and it actually transferred some of the plastic bubbles onto their paint. So don't use a plastic. A lot of people use old blankets, but definitely try to cover your car. Um, you, you do want to make sure that it, it it's not really exposed to the elements. If you, you know, some people say, "Well, I only have a carport and I have to put it outside." Well, then for sure, go buy yourself a waterproof cover. Don't you think, Mike? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because that's just not a good thing. It's just, sorry, folks, <laughs> not good. <laughs> so, um, all right. So now we get down to the point where, okay, you got your car stored. You went through a couple of, uh, you know, minor things with the engine, the fluids. You checked the tires. You know, you got the battery all set to go. You know, now, you know, now what? Okay, well, there's a lot of people who say, well, you know, the you want to keep it dry. Um, Sometimes, how do you control the moisture? You don't. Some people say, do you take the antenna off or do you poke a hole in the cover? So I poked a hole in my cover on mine. You did? A yes. lot of people will say, well, uh, take it off and put it in the trunk. You know, one guy I know took his antenna off and put it on the windshield. He took the cover off. He couldn't see it. He went driving and he lost his antenna. So, you know, Mike, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of this seems to be related to memory. Right. <laughs> Do you remember what you did in the winter before you put your car away? So, right, right. so those are just some ideas to keep your car snug as a bug in a rug. Uh, and then uh, hopefully we can say mm, end of March, easily before uh, Mustang turns 60 on April 17th, or I know for the MCA uh, first week in April, maybe we get it out of the doldrums in March. I know, Mike, you've had, Maxim events in April, and some people don't want to take their cars out. Yeah, yeah. Usually, National Mustang Day is when we is our first event to kick off the season each and every year. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully, from say this time, some people say Thanksgiving through the end of March. Um, whatever works for you, or if you're lucky enough to be in a, a state where you drive all twelve months out of the year, or at least maybe eight or nine, go ahead and send us a note about uh, what you do with the other off months, or. If you don't want off months, and if you what you do is you drive your car all winter, and if it gets wrecked or ruined, what you do is you buy another one off Mike Ray. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're all set. So yeah. I hope that uh, Mike. I think we, you know, I, I think I got to thank Tom Welsh from Mid Michigan Mustang Club for putting together that little supplement to his owners and for you, those of you in cold weather states across the U.S. It's a good idea to help your members uh, properly store and care for their Mustang because, by gosh. The last thing we want to do is something have bad happen to it. We want it to be ready and ready to pull out of that stable come uh, the first sign of spring next year. So uh, if you have your ideas, send them to us at clubhub at ford.com. And Mike, I think we got it covered. Uh, or did you have your car covered already? Oh, my car is covered. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I brought mine down to the barn at Halderman's. And I know next year I'm going to be bringing by 77 home and uh, maybe we can get another second gen up there to the barn and putting them in storage. I get, luckily I get to go see them. Um, it's been a far cry. So when I had to store them, two of them in my brother-in-law's unheated garage side by side on wheel dollies. If you do have storage, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to you. I think more people would have more Mustangs if it weren't for that horrible word called, where do I put them? Where's storage? Storage. <laughs> So, Mike, one of these days we're going to come up with an idea for all Mustang clubs to have uh, to offer storage as part of their uh, their membership. I think um, if not, uh, just make sure you take good care of your car. We want to see it again next spring. Yeah, we're working on that, John, as you know, as we speak. 
Yeah, it's a good idea. And, uh, you know, we're as hopefully, Mike, when we do the International Council of Mustang Clubs, uh, a great little summit meeting next February, um, that'll be one of the topics we can share with people and some of the ideas yep. we've tossed around. So, ladies That's and gentlemen, cool. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of our Mustang Owners Podcast on how to properly care for your pony during the winter months. So, until next time, we're just going to have to catch you down the road.